Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to say this anymore, Zorks. The, the, the former Lions captain. I, I, I feel sorry. I feel a little bit sad now. But obviously, mate, this is a decision you've wrestled over. Yeah, morning, Pat. Morning, Hills. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's been a few times in this preseason where I've come into the studio and said to you, Paddy, I'm not sure what I'll quite do. Um, um, obviously, with the situation, I firmly believe that the club's in really, really good hands going forward. And um, I guess for me, it was a little bit of a decision that I'd rather step down on my own accord than potentially have fades at the end of the year, come tap it on my shoulder and say, hey, mate, I reckon it's time we move on. Or the middle of the um, year. So it's been... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. So I think it's um, yeah, I think it's the right decision. I think the timing's really good. And um, obviously I'll still be uh, there to support whoever takes over as, as captain and, and help and support and guide them in whatever way I possibly can. Um, but just stepping back from those formal roles is hopefully going to free up a, a lot more time that I could spend at home with family and, um, of course, to get my body right to have the best the best possible year I, I can. Yeah, and probably just think about footy, uh, Zorks. You, you might find it so easy. You think, how, how good's this? I, I've been bogged down in stuff since 2018 and now it feels pretty good. Yeah, that's exactly right, Hills. I, you know, there's a lot of things that go into captaining mm. a club and... Um, I took it as a responsibility that, you know, not only you're the face of the club, but you're a real uh, piece between upstairs, downstairs, football department coaches. So there's a lot of time and effort and thinking that goes in place um, with that. And I guess even when I, I shared the news to the boys on uh, Monday afternoon, there was instant this uh, quite a relief and, and weight off my shoulders that, uh, you know, I get a little bit more time back now and um, I get that opportunity to spend it with, with family and just concentrate on football and getting my body right. You know, I've worked extremely hard in this preseason to to make sure I can get back to playing as well as I possibly can and, and finish my career on a really high note. Um, and this will allow me to certainly do that. What was the reaction of your teammates? Uh, they were pretty pretty shocked, I think. Um, yeah, they certainly didn't see it coming. They didn't know it was coming. Um, obviously, you know, I only really made the decision on Monday morning with Fags in his office that um, it was probably the right thing and the right time to, to step aside and, and let someone over, someone else take over. And um, I think, yeah, judging by a few of the, the faces in the room and um, even talking to a few of the boys after the, uh, after the meeting, they were like, yeah, well, we didn't see that coming. Who are we going to vote for now? So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, a wide open, it's, it's a wide open race, but... Uh, as I said, whoever whoever does become the new captain um, and what that new leadership group looks like, um, I'll certainly be there to support and help as yeah. much as I can. Yeah, there's some good candidates and you are leaving it in strong stead. Um, so, you know, Harris Andrews, would he be the favourite? Oh, more than likely. I mean, Harris has been the vice-captain for the last three years under myself and, um, you know, he's 
He's a really well-respected voice amongst the amongst the playing group and amongst the club as well. He does everything right. Um, he's a really vocal leader, and I guess you know the other candidates are someone like Lockie and Lockie Neal and Hugh mm-hmm. McCluggage. And Hugh, for me, is the one that probably has um, the ability to do it. Whether he's you know maybe just a little bit too raw at the moment, or he wants to find his feet a little bit more, that's a decision that the club will ultimately have to make, but um, yeah, for me, he, 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 will, he would be the, the, the perfect fit. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, a big, there's a big process to go ahead, obviously, um, and I'm sure the club will make the, the best decision um, possible going forward, but um, those are the three that sort of, in my mind, stick out as, as the real clear candidates to take over the, the role. So, with someone like Lockie Zorks, you know, could he handle the, the, the extra burden? You've often spoken on this show about the extras involved in being captain of a high-profile footy club. Would, would Lockie, for example, want to take that on? Uh, yeah, well, I, I believe he would, yeah, definitely. I think um, when you're in the leadership group, you've obviously got aspirations to, to be a captain. Not all the time, but I certainly think on Lockie's case, it's, it would certainly be high on his um, to-do list. Um, yeah, as I said, as, I, as you just mentioned, there is so many extra things that yeah. that go into being a captain, and, and that's you know so many extra club commitments. And as I said, you're the face of the club, and Lockie's certainly been able to to be that um, figure over the past few years with his individual success on the field. So I've got no doubt he can certainly step up into the role. Um, and get that done. Um, so yeah, along with along with the other two, I mean, we've got we really do have a have a really great choice of, yeah. of who yeah. it will be. Um, whoever is captain, the vice captain is going to be really really strong as well <laughs> yeah. underneath them, and, and then we've obviously got got the backup to that. So um, as I said, I, I'm comfortable in my decision that I'm standing down and leaving the club in a great position of full of young leaders that can certainly drive and take this club forward. Hey, you cop flack, we well know, and you were, you were open and honest about it with the Harrison Petty incident last year. Did that come into your thinking at all, or was it a much bigger picture than that? Uh, not really. There's obviously elements of it um, that I probably thought, <laughs> uh, do I want to uh, go around again and cop a little bit of heat? Um, and I guess there's no doubt that that certainly weighed on my mind, but um, ultimately, came back to what I said earlier on in the show, Paddy. I'd, I'd like to step down on my own accord and not have you know the club come and tap me on the shoulder and say, "Look, it's it's probably time we go a different direction." I I think Fags was really great and open and honest with that. He he said the decision's completely up to yours, and we'll support you in whichever way you want to do it. Um, and it just felt it just felt right. I felt yeah. that, as I said, the club's in a really strong position. We've got a plethora of leaders coming through, um, not only in that captain position, but as a as a leadership group. Um, and I feel like the club's, you know, just ready for for a little bit of change and for someone to take them on our next chapter. Um, I'm very comfortable and proud in what I've been able to do to help get the club up to a, you know, a really strong position. We were last um, and didn't have many wins on the board, if any, um, when I took over. Uh, midway through the 2018 season. So to help restore a little bit of respect back in the competition as a football club, um, I'm really, really proud of that. And for me, it's, you know, 
this journey finishes, but I get to turn my attention to being a player again and uh, hopefully can have one of my best years I'm in the best shape I have been uh, in my career. Um, so hopefully I can I can translate that out onto the field now. Yeah, you've done a lot more than just a little bit of respect to, to being regained, uh, Zork. So congratulations on everything you've done. It's an incredibly selfless gesture. You, you finish on 105 caps as captain, which is the fourth most in the club. Congratulations on that. And you're leaving us in, in good times with plenty of footy to play, mate. So, geez, I wish you all the very best. Thanks, Thanks, Tony. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yeah, there's the, yeah and I, I only want to say the same thing, Zorks. I mean, I know Fogg said you, you leave an exceptional legacy, and I've got to agree with that. You took over when times were tough. And not, not a lot of players can do that because, they've, you know, a lot of players can be selfish and worry about their own game and getting to their own goals. But you you threw the club on your shoulders with a few others and helped them through. And, you know, you go into this season as genuine premiership threat. So, mate, we wish you the best. Uh, you'll always be a great friend on this show. And don't worry, we'll be ringing you. We, yeah. won't, we won't be leaving you the alone. L- the, l- the little fella from the Gold Coast has come good, hasn't he? Eh? <laughs> and Vanessa's got a thumbs up here. She's all thumbs here. <laughs> Good on you, Zorks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the support. Yeah, thanks for the chat, mate. Really appreciate it. Hey, if the hype wasn't big already, Heels, as you've noticed from the papers today, it's getting bigger and bigger as we come into the final week of trials. Bronx Cowboys, Saturday night at Sunny Coast. And uh, we've got the player who they say he's finally back home. James Tamar, mm-hmm. a very good morning to you. Uh, good morning, man. Thanks for having me. Is it like coming home? Mate, it is. There's obviously a few changes um, with, with the uh, Centre of Excellence up here. Um, you know, unfortunately, the one we trained in, trained in um, when I was last year, my first, and uh, when I was last year, 2016, was uh, was the uh, was the old one at 1300 Stadium. So it's a bit more upgraded here. And <laughs> mate, um, but but the people here are the same. Great people here who love their footy. Uh, fanatical about the Cowboys, and that's what I love. Yeah, and you started something in 2015-16, those, those years, you know, with that premiership. And, and so what about a change in mentality? Is there, you know, a, a more confidence amongst the ranks? Mate, I'll tell you what, there is. Uh, obviously, especially how the team went last year. They, they went so well last year, yeah. um, you know, and there wasn't as much, I guess, expectation as last year. They were a bit under the radar and, and doing so well. But obviously this year, um, with finishing some so well, comes a bit of a target now. And um, But, you know, the, the way the boys have been training, it, it, it's a special feeling here. I, I like to call it the circle of influence. You, you know, as an older fella, <laughs> not too old, but uh, as an older fella, um, it's, uh, you know, you, you rock up and you want to do your work. But the energy that the young ones bring, you know, you, you feed off them. And mm. that's, that's what I love seeing. And, and that's been... That's been the feeling every day of preseason. You know, some some might say preseason can get a bit monotonous, but every day here, you know, it, the boys make every moment count. Oh, come on, James! Tell me you loved running up Castle Hill. Oh, mate, mate. Thirty-four now. I'll tell you what. <laughs> like I said, the young ones got me through it, mate. There was a couple of moments there where I thought, "Geez, am I?" Have I made a mistake coming back? But um, no, no, they got me to it. <laughs> hey, you bring 300-plus games to this pack, and that surely has got to be invaluable in a team that was out of the spotlight last year until they did what they did, but they're well and truly mm. in the mind's eye and, and in, the, in a searing spotlight this season, aren't they? 
Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, obviously with with that much experience, you know, it comes a little bit of leadership. And and I know my um, where I am at at the team. Obviously, like you said, like you mentioned, team did so well yesterday, and I'm not here to to reinvent the wheel. I'm just here to make everyone better. You know, um, you know, every training session, I, I want to, you know, you sharp you you um, sharpen iron with iron. So I just want to bring it every day so every person can put their best foot forward to make the team better. Mm. Um, and obviously, if, if uh, Toddy sees me fit to um, to pick me on the weekends to play, um, that's great too. I'll put my best foot forward, like I said. But, um, mate, I'm, I'm just here to do my part. Um, Toddy understands that. I understand that, what what my job brings. And, um, you know, obviously, at the at the end of the day, the common goal is to, is to win the big one. So everyone plays a part in that. Yeah, you, you fit in perfectly, mate. What, what do you make of this Ford pack that Todd's been able to assemble over the last couple of years? Mate, uh, there's been a few that have really, really impressed me. Uh, obviously, Ruben Cotto obviously made a bit of noise uh, last year with Origin and, and, yep. and the International. And, and, and Reese Robson, mate, uh, in the middle there as well. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, I don't want to hype him up too much, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it's like another front rower there. You know, he hits... Yeah. He hits like a tank, he, you know. He's quick out of out of dummy half, um, and obviously you've, you've got your other boys, Big Cohen Hess, um, you know, Big Jace, obviously. So it's 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 one of those things, you know. And obviously the OBs, um, Valentine Holmes, Murray Tawalangi, uh, you know, the halves, Tommy Dead, and you know all those yeah. names. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty scary. Yes, exactly, mate. Um, who's come through? Um, you know, and I, I watch. I have to defend against them, so I'm on the other <laughs> side of them when we do a post session, and it's scary, mate. Trying to get in front of Big James. <laughs> well, you better get yourself into the first thirteen then. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, mate, it's tough, mate. Have, have you <laughs> have you got a? Are you allowed to play the first game? You, you know, did you play that suspended game that you had? You know, when you towelled up the yeah, referee. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for reminding me. You've, you've um, served yeah, that, so have you? Served, yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. Served my punishment for that. Um, so, yes, yes. If, and, again, if, if Toddy sees fit that, that I fit in the squad, um, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, like I said, I'll put my best foot forward. Hey, I read a little bit of stuff around your 300th when you were coming up to that, and, you know, they, they delved long into your past, and you admitted that you could be selfish as a kid. And I would imagine a, a lot of young NRL players are, mate. Then suddenly, as I said, they're they're in the limelight. Money is thrown at them. There's there's celebrity status. Yeah. Um, but you've grown yeah. up. You're you know you're a, you're a dad. You're a family man now. Um, it, it, it's a journey for you. And I mean, I would imagine they they'd come and seek a little bit of mentoring from you. Yeah, mate. It really is. Um, like you said, when I was young, mate, I'd love to go back and, and, and give myself an uppercut. It was just <laughs> one of those things where I look back and just cringe at some of the stuff, you know. But um, but in, in order for me to be me now, all that sort of had to happen. So, yeah. you know, like I said, I don't have any sort of regrets. I don't, um, you know, for me to be who I am now, all that stuff sort of had to happen. So, um, But I do see it, mate. I do see it around. And um, I'm one to sort of, you know, mate, kids these days... You know, there, there wasn't a, a time when teams would walk all the way around the stadium and sign every every poster or take yeah. a picture. Um, you know, these days it's pretty good. So I, I could see and feel that that, that sort of trend changing, mm-hmm. um, and it's really good to see, especially with where the game is. You know, the game's uh, forever growing, and um, for the players 
and fans to have that type of interaction is just going to make it bigger, especially for the, the younger fans. And, and, and again, as, as I've gotten older and more mature, um, you know, you, you understand the younger fans. You can see, you know, one pitcher would, yeah. would make their week, yeah. you know, make their month sort of thing. So, you know, you obviously make time for it. But um, like I said, it, it, it's changing for the better. And, um, you know, you could see the, uh, the I guess, the, the humbleness coming out in some NRL players that, um, that makes it easier for the fan to interact with. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, well said, man. Hey, yeah. are the are the kids' league tragics? They are, mate. They are. <laughs> I think I'm. Um, I think I'm their third or fourth best player. At the <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> Who is their favourite player? <laughs> oh, mate, the, I could go. The list goes on. Then you got uh, Caleb Ponga, Cameron Munster. Uh, <laughs> You know, all, all the superstars, which I don't mind, mate. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I know deep down, I hope anyway. <laughs> what, but, what, um, yeah, mate, they, they love their footy. That's good, because I was going to ask, what stage is your family at? You've got the four boys. Um, are you ten, what, post post this season or post your finishing of your footy career? Where do you see yourself settling? Yeah. Mate, oh, oh, I don't know. So yeah, okay. we, were, we were thinking, so last year... You know, it was uh, one of those things where it was like, right, this, this is it. Uh, make the most of it. Yes. And, and then, um, you know, I, I count my blessings for getting the call from the manager saying that Cowboys are interested because what a, what a, obviously a great way to finish up, yeah. you know, the full circle moment sort of thing. So, um, you know, I'm very, it's kind of like signing signing your first contract. You, you, you're making every moment count. You're, you know, the... the, the the, the feeds and the Gatorade you get, you think, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for these soon, so yeah. you know you, you're pretty pumped about it. So, um, Start saving your uh, training yeah. gear, put your training gear aside. Exactly, mate, 100. <laughs> percent um, So, mate, it's it's it, I'm, I'm counting my blessings here, but um, we love Townsville, mate, as a family. You know, obviously, like you said, four boys. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a slower lifestyle, and I know the boys will will enjoy it because mm. it's just a, a, a lot more for them to do. Um, you know, by the water, that sort of thing. So, I couldn't actually tell you right now. I am doing some studying and 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 some coaching and and things like that on the side. So it's just one of those things for, for me to get as much as I can under the belt, just to make that transition a bit easier, wherever it may be. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, you probably haven't read the paper; it's, it's early, but uh, uh, the coach has been glowing in his yeah. praise of you and your performance through preseason. Mate, he was. Uh, oh. He's been a he's been a massive rap on what you've done since you've rejoined this team. No, mate, that's uh, that. It's always nice to hear those things, but uh, mate, the potty, the coaching staff here are, are doing an unreal job with these players. Oh, I can't stop gloating about them, but mate, what I see and, and what I feel and how the players react to them, you know, is, is second to none from what I've seen. It, it's um, it's really good to see, and you know, you, you can tell why Toddy's, you know, the the um, he got the coaching award uh, at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, the way he's got this team humming is, is exciting to see and exciting uh, for the season. Yeah, well, you've got us revved up as well too. We uh, uh, we love watching oh. the Cowboys. We love the way they play. We really appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, welcome back, mate. Uh, mate, thank you very much. Two kind men. Thank you very much. James Tarmo, what a, a great man, a great player, and uh, he'll be a real benefit for that side. As I said, he brings 305 games. Can't wait for this chat, Hills. Um, big, big story. So we know about Peter Vol being having not trained since January 10 of being banned. Um, but what's happened now? He was provisionally suspended after a positive A sample for EPO, but his B sample has come back 
and it did not confirm the A sample. There's no one better in Australia to go to than leading sports medicine specialist who was brilliant when this first broke and speaking to us here on SEN. Dr. Peter Larkins, thank you for joining us. Can we can you can we get this in layman's terms that Peter Bowl is is allowed to go back into training? Morning, Pat. Morning, Heels. Yeah, I mean, gee, it's turning out to be more complex. But yes, he's allowed to... Provisionally, the suspension has been lifted pending an investigation and a further analysis by an expert EPO committee of WADA. So what that means in English, Pat, is the second uh, testing of the original sample, called the B sample, was not negative. It was atypical, Pat. Now, this is where the confusion of WADA confuses everyone, including me. So it wasn't a positive finding, it was an atypical finding, which means it goes to an EPO specialist committee to work out exactly what that means. They have lifted the suspension so he can compete. I hope he's been training since January the 10th, Pat, because athletes really should keep training in the the belief that they're going to be exonerated. So hopefully that's the case with the World Championships coming up. But the confusion, Pat, has arisen because the first sample was a positive. So that was an adverse finding, as it's called, in the A sample. Hence, hence the, the reanalysis of the sample, the B sample. Not a negative test, Pat, what they call an atypical. Now, that's the problem because what that means is it's not quite what they wanted it to be. It, it, they've got to work it out. It goes to an investigative committee. It's, it really is so frustrating, Pat, to be honest. So he's allowed to train again, Pete, but by the sounds of that, he still sits in limbo a, a bit. Absolutely, yes. So there's two stages to come, Pat. One, it goes to... Um, the EPO specialist committee to see what the atypical finding was. They haven't released what they mean by that. Um, then it will go to the committee that determines whether there's a sanction required, which would be investigated. Mm. So, you know, it, it may turn out to be nothing, and that's that's really the likely scenario, given that it wasn't a true positive on the second test. Quite unusual, as we spoke last time, to sure. not have a positive on a second. But the thing that's clouded it, Pat, is rather than coming back and say, oh, well, there was a problem on the first test and the laboratory stuffed up or whatever because we were waiting to hear what the explanation would be. But the fact that it's atypical means that they're still concerned about the pattern of the analysis of the sample. Now, just to back up a step, Pat, EPO's been around for many, many years in sport, but there aren't that many positive tests. And so the analysis of them isn't all that discussed all that often by the labs as to how accurate they think it is. Um, and potentially, because it's not accurate, they've missed some of them over the years. Again, because EPO is still used in endurance sports to improve endurance and to, to make the blood carry oxygen better, just to explain what EPO is for the listeners. But, but secondly, the fact that there aren't a lot of tests means the testing isn't... There's not a lot of experience with these um, atypical findings by the committee. So where it goes, and let's hope it's sorted out quickly, Pat, but where mm. it goes, I'm not sure. We, I'm sure we'll have a third interview, if uh, not that I'm looking for more airtime with you, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be the A sample testing that comes under scrutiny. Oh. Well, it heals exactly. Good morning. I mean, it does because certainly, you know, let's say it had been a negative B sample, and I've been alluding to this over the last week when I was aware that the B sample was about to be released. If the, if the B was negative, there would have been all hell to play by lawyers and managers' heels as to why was the A sample yeah. so inaccurate, and they would have put the labs under pressure because labs are judged on their ability to get accurate results. And Cologne in Germany is the, the top one in the world. We have only one in Australia, in Sydney. So the lab would have been under pressure as to why they got it wrong, if you know what I mean, mm. if it had been an A positive and a B negative. But the confusion out of the B being atypical means that the, the, it's not negative, but they're not sure whether the 
changes on the EPO screen are, are residual from something else or, or whatever, and this is where um, the laboratory will have to justify it. So at the end of the day, Peter Boll is free to train and free to compete until the final uh, answer comes out. And then, I, if I was him and his managers, I'd be wanting a great explanation as to why I was put through all this. Yeah, well, his, his lawyer has gone off. But uh, a couple of quotes here. Peter Bold saying, this has been nothing less than a nightmare and the relief I'm feeling today is hard to describe. But his, his US-based lawyer, Paul Green, has gone a lot further and he said there's got to be an investigation into why the initial results of the A sample were released so early and basically cast him into a, a, a very poor light. Yeah, that's that's a second um, point of dispute and, and discussion, Pat. I mean, it's interesting that, you know, when, when the A sample is, the information is released, it's released directly to the, the athlete to say, hey, Pat, you've had an abnormal test, yep. and it can go to your doctor, so your doctor can then advise you, your sport doctor, in this case, athletics. Now, whether the sport gets notified, that's totally up to the privacy of the athlete because you're free to wait for the B sample. So sometimes athletes will announce the results of the A sample because they're so, you know, absolutely gobsmacked that it's even happened and they get up and jump up and down. But it's not up to the organisation to release it publicly. So correct that there was some um, leak, for want of a better word, as to why the A sample hit the headlines so uh, vividly. And now this is all urine? Or is there any blood sampling uh, involved, Pat? Good question. Blood sampling is by far the most accurate way. The so-called biological passport that's been introduced many years ago where you get a pattern over time. So a passport gives you a pattern of your travels when you're on the world circuit heels and still are, I guess. A passport in the blood sense gives you the history of all the testing you have so you can see what your levels have been and if there's an abnormal level. So urine is probably only in the 60 to 80% accurate for EPO testing, so that's already a problem. Blood testing has been shown to be 91% accurate on, on research heels. So so I'm not clear as to whether he's had both done. Clearly the blood test is more accurate and, and if the lawyers are getting involved, they would challenge the accuracy of the urine tests historically. And we, before we talk about, well, we've talked about the medical inaccuracies and the testing, the results... Does anything, does a, do many samples go from positive to atypical? You know, does urine go off? Yeah, they, they yeah, well, they do in, in other categories of drugs. EPO, you know, we really chat about because it's such an unusual one to have and hence the headlines. But um, atypical is a category that was introduced some time ago for the, the B sample or, in fact, the A sample. So sometimes rather than get what's called an adverse finding, which is negative, uh, 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 goes against the athlete when it's adverse, and that was the A sample in this case. Atypical can be on an A sample or the, or the reanalysis of that A sample in the B if it's abnormal but not positive. And I know that sounds weird for listeners, but that's clearly what atypical was introduced. But it co covers a whole lot of different drugs where the analysis isn't quite definitive and they have to go and do it again. Um, so um, it can happen not just it can happen for urine and, and blood heals here. Yeah. So Pete, just to, to wrap up, and you've been brilliant as usual. How long could we now have to wait uh, before we're told definitely he's in the clear, or there is a further cloud hanging over Peter Bowl? 
Yeah, well, my crystal ball's in for service today, Pat, but, <laughs> but actually I'm expecting, I don't expect it to be within the next month. And I'll tell you why, because what happens now is WADA, who obviously control the whole process, have an investigative committee, yep. that, which is international. It's not based up in Sydney. So this is the EPO experts around the world will say, well, let's get involved now. So that's an independent tribunal, if you like, from an EPO experts will say, well, what you, what's your concern? They say, oh, well, he's had an adverse, now he's had an atypical. Go back and look at all that. When they do that, then it goes to the sanction committee, which, which you know, to investigate, to investigate yeah. why all this took place. So two levels of decision making before a final answer. Um, it, it's, you know, and it's frustrating. But so the EPO committee then has to report to the investigative committee. So you yeah. can imagine how that unfolds at an international level. They've got to get the experts together. They're, they're not Australian based, to my knowledge, um, guys. Yeah. So, yeah, look, don't, I'm not expecting it before the end of March. Uh, Dr. Peter Larkins, you're brilliant as usual, putting it into, into layman's terms for us. Um, but it, it, it's still cloudy, this situation, even though Peter Bowl and his lawyer are, are, are expressing much relief. Mm. Yeah, well, I think it is a relief. In, in, if we summarise it, Pat, I think it's better than having a positive because clearly that would have been massive uh, impact on his committee, on his uh, future. The yeah. What happens now with the um, the investigation means that he's still got a period of time of being under scrutiny, but um, it will give him some option to be training and hope. Look, in general, my perception is that this will turn out to be negative. If you wanted me to um, predict a, yeah, a punt yeah. for the future, boys. Okay, yeah, Peter, good call. Yeah, Peter, thank you. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Doc. And we'll probably talk again, though, yeah. boys. Okay, yeah. cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Peter Larkin's there, and look, we've got to get to a break, Hills, but at, right at the outset, uh, Bold said, to be clear, I have never in my life purchased, researched, possessed, administered a synthetic EPO or any other pro- uh, prohibited substance. Uh, he's turned He turned over his laptop, his iPad, his, his phones and everything straight away to Sport Integrity Australia to prove that. So uh, he's. Uh, let's hope he's made a major step towards justification. Oh, and yeah. Peter said there's no way he wouldn't know it was in his system if it was in the system. And the greatest wicketkeeper to dom the gloves for Queensland is, remains bemused by the saturation NRL coverage and we're only heading into the last <laughs> week of trials, aren't you? There's, you're right. There's a, a lot of, uh, as they say, column inches devoted to the footy right at the moment here. Well, I'd rather call them pre-season matches. Mm. Pre-season comp. Rather than trial matches. Trial okay. matches are what you had as kids, I reckon. <laughs> they don't deserve the headlines that you blokes give them, do they, Adam? Well, we're Good gonna... morning, Adam Jackson. How are you, buddy? <laughs> Good, thanks, guys. How are you? Surely we're talking about footy here because cricket's dead after that game in India. Who cares about oh. that? Oh. <laughs> oh, you, you won't be uh, watching Friday? Uh-huh. Now, wouldn't you have said <laughs> that had Channel 9 still had the cricket rights? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, mind you, Maybe we've got not. the Ashes. We've got the Ashes ads. Just be careful there, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, can't argue with the ashes. Historic flavour there, yeah. Well, unlike we'll Hills, in- I am quite excited for yeah. the trials. Well, we're going to see the Bronx near full strength. Well, we're going to see the four Queensland teams pretty much near full strength, aren't we? Well, exactly right. And both teams, or well, all four teams coming off draws last week. Imagine if you put that in a multi last week. Cowboys, <laughs> Dolphins draw into Broncos, Titans draw. You would have got plenty. But yeah, as you said, Broncos probably only missing um, Kobe Hetherington and Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh uh, with that fractured eye socket he suffered in the Titans game. He had scans. He, he cut a bit of a forlorn figure at training yesterday. And the, the problem there, it's an indefinite recovery time with the eye fracture. You can't mm. really rehab it. So, you know, 
the medical staff will be looking at. You know what it's like, heels with all your, your broken fingers over the years, wicket-keeping. So, yeah. Uh, Reese Walsh definitely in doubt for round one. Being in camp with them and um, talking to him yesterday, that he's probably a 50-50 proposition for round one, given that it's only 16 days away, their first NRL match of the year against Penrith for the Broncos. Mm. Now, you got up to camp yesterday, did you? Or are you still up there? I, um, I'm going back and forth. Oh, hey, really? so I'm about to drive back up this afternoon. Yeah, I know. See, they, mate, they wouldn't. They wouldn't put me up there like Origin style. Jacko works in television, mate. We don't have budgets like yeah. that anymore. Oh, mate, Paddy <laughs> used to just do that in fifteen minutes in the chopper. Uh, uh, oh, now, yeah. Um, you, well, this has been a sports heaven type week for you, I'd imagine. Uh, the Arizona Golf, the Phoenix Open, and the Super Bowl. You, you're just all over it. Oh, I, I, I'm. I'm loving it. The PGA Tour event at Phoenix. There, you know. It's, the waste management open, it's, it's kind of the way golf should go. You can't do it every week, but just to have those different types of fans, because as a, as a golfer, we cop criticism, it's too stuffy, it's too boring. They go the other way with that. And speaking of golfers, there was an interested spectator at um, Broncos training yesterday on Sunshine Coast. Cameron Smith coach, Grant Field, was there watching on, trying to get a few tips, talking to Benny Eichmann and the like. And so he was saying he flies over to Mexico next week because that Live Tour event... Uh, Start right over there, so we'll see Cam Smith in action there. So, mm. yeah, more golf the better. Jacko, what's the talk about the Dolphins? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to get a gauge. Like, talking to people of, like, the expectations, you know, what's the pass mark for the year. But, yeah, I, I reckon underrate them at your own peril because, you know, games are won in NRL by forward packs. And you look at their full-strength forward packs, the Bromwich brothers, Felice Cafusi, test players. Tom Gilbert's probably one of the best young forwards in the game. Played Origin last year for Queensland. So, you know, they can have that stable forward pack on the field. And you know what Bennett's like? You've seen it at the Broncos. Like, he just unearthed players. I think by the end of the season, we'll look and go, I can't believe that player's a star in the NRL. We never heard of him. But a big factor for me is Hamaso Tabuifido, the fullback. Huge year for him, you know. Comes in with massive raps from the Cowboys. If, if he can, you know, live up to his potential at fullback... I reckon they go right. I think, to me, a pass mark for the Dolphins is if they finish maybe about 12th. As long as they don't finish last, which a lot of people are tipping them to do, a lot of people will see that as a success. Yeah, good call. And now, listen, how do you assess the season? What are you looking forward to? You know, How do you go about uh, approaching a new NRL season? Well, I'm actually a Cowboys supporter, so I start off by trying not to be too biased towards the Cowboys, right. which... Uh, Sometimes it's problematic. People think I'm a Broncos supporter because I'm always at Broncos training, but I'm not really. But, yeah, I it's, the first part of the year is fascinating because you, you look at the new recruits, how they gel, and then you go into that kind of origin mode as a Queenslander. You kind of look at players and think, oh, can they get into origin? You know, who, who's going to, you know, work for Billy Slater's men there? Then you have the origin period, and then you focus more into the final. So, you know, I... I I, I just think this is the year one or two teams might jump out in the NRL. You know, Penrith have been so successful for so long. I think Melbourne Storm, I hate to say it, but are on the wane. Right Ryan Pappenhausen, Ryan Pappenhausen out injured for like six to eight weeks. That's, 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 that's going to be harsh. And losing quite a few players to the Dolphins and uh, other clubs. So, you know, you can probably replay this um, quote back in September after the Storm <laughs> steal, uh, steal the minor premiership. And I've got an egg on my face. But, yeah. I'd I'd love to see the Cowboys go one better. What about that prediction on SEN? I, I don't know whether it's Ben Graham or not, 
He predicted 38-35. I was listening in the car last night, yeah. and they played it back. Uh, it'll be high scoring. I reckon it'll be like 35-38. <laughs> anyway, um, and, then, and then you mentioned in a lot in that, Adam, about the coaches, right? Uh, when do you start to turn on the coaches and, you know, the Tim Sheens, <laughs> Justin Holbrook, Adam O'Brien, Zeraldo <laughs> and how he's going? Uh, the, you, do you look at that you type of thing? You are casting the media in a bad light, but what do you mean we're going yeah, to turn on them? Not turn on them, but turn to them oh, and okay. be commenting on hold, their performances. Uh, hold them to account. Let's just say that instead of um, <laughs> turning on them. But uh, I think Titans is a huge year for them, for Justin Holbrook. Yeah, he had pretty good success early on, took them to the finals, then they finished ninth, they dropped back to 13th, I think it was last year, so, you know, that that's probably the most interesting storyline coaching-wise early in the season. Kevin Walters talked that he'll get a two-year extension that'll be announced potentially uh, next week, sometime around their season launch, but yeah, yeah, Tim Sheens is a fascinating one, that sort of caretaker coach role for a couple of years before Benji comes in. And after you know, a bad trial performance last week in New Zealand, and mm. yeah, and the Dolphins with Wayne, like I see what Wayne Bennett's doing at the Dolphins, like what Kevin Sheedy did with GWS when they first came into the NRL, kind of like uh, AFL rather, to get the publicity. And if you watch training, Christian Wolves does a lot of the proper day-to-day coaching, and Bennett just oversees and puts his two cents worth. So yeah, yeah, a lot of different angles with the coaching. And Andrew Webster, don't forget him too. He was in the Panthers system and now he's a Warriors head coach. So, you know, yeah, heaps of changes. And Seabold, we forget Seabold at Manly yes, too, yeah. coming back after his failed season at the Broncos. So, yeah, yeah, you're right with the coaches. There's so many storylines this year in the NRL. Seraldo? Uh, mm. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah, started, definitely. Well, I didn't even mention him. Is Seraldo coaching the Bulldogs or is Phil Gould still coaching the Bulldogs? Yeah. <laughs> you see, yeah, okay. They had a good they had a good round last weekend in their trial round. They won all their age groups and all the way through. Yeah. So hey, uh, big season. Jacko, wonderful to talk. Adam Jackson, Channel Nine's uh, NRL reporter. We'll uh, we'll stay in contact during the season, mate, and uh, we'll just see how some of these no predictions of yours turn out as well. No worries, boys. Anytime. Thanks, Adam. Adam Jackson from Channel Nine. There.